Disclaimer, we do not agree with or support J.K. Rowling's bigotry and prejudice in any way, shape, or form, and we also do not tolerate Draco stands or Death Eater sympathizers. However, you are all warmly welcome to tune in to our podcast. We'd also like to forewarn everyone that we will be mentioning later books and events in every episode. So here's your official spoiler alert. On with the show! Bye! first episode of our podcast ron and hermione minus the romance wow (laughs) my (laughs) that is the name of it (laughs) um my name is adelia volkanov this is my associate yeah i'm i'm colin bones um as you can tell these are very real names that we have that our parents definitely named us um um i'll link (laughs) i'll link the harry potter name generator (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll let you guys in on it but it's fine it's fine there's so much fun so it's all good yeah um so given that it's our first episode we thought we would share with you guys some stuff about us you know like our houses and and things like that um so i'm a ravenclaw further Uh, we get The further we get in this, it will be no surprise that I'm a Ravenclaw. Oh, yes. She is a nerd, and that is one of her only personality traits. Um, And I'm a Hufflepuff. Um, I don't know if it's going to show that well. (laughs) I don't know if people are going to be like, wow, you are such a Hufflepuff. Um, But maybe. maybe. But yeah, that's, that's our houses. Those are kind of important to Harry Potter, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Um, further on in this passport thing, um, I have no idea what this means, but I have a fir wood wand with a dragon heartstring core, 11 and a half inches, and hard flexibility. Oh, I, I have a hazel wood with a dragon heartstring core, 11 and three quarters, and surprisingly <laughs> swishy <laughs> flexibility. So, nice. yeah, somebody like... out there knows what that means. And it's, yeah, like, I've... totally psychoanalyzing us right now. One thing I remember, I feel like, didn't Lily Potter have, like, a swishy wand and, and Ollivander said it was good for charms work? So I feel like that means that <laughs> no your idea. wand no, may be good James for charms. No, James was the one who, was, who like, charms. Really? Yeah. I don't remember. It was one of them, and one of them <laughs> We're was gonna for... find out! <laughs> One of them was good for transfiguration, and I, so, you know, one of that, one of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think Lily would be more transfiguration. Like, but, like, yeah. the question, like, is there no way to tell if you're going to be, like, good at potions, you know? Like, because um, you do you need your wand, your wand for potions. Yeah, so. because they had to, like, use that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the correlation between, like, wand flexibility and a certain subject would be. So I don't think yeah I don't even really know how explained. that works. My yeah. my Patronus is an Osprey. I'll, you know I'll be honest. I was pretty I was pretty disappointed. I was you know <laughs> expect <laughs> I was for for those of you that don't know an Osprey is like it looks like a crow, which is why what? I'm I, so disappointed. I need to look. It looks this like up. a crow. It's like I've never actually looked it up because I was I'm like looking a bird. It up. Like when I oh my think gosh of me, it looks terrifying. I'm kind of low key scared of birds. <laughs> And Goodness. 
Yeah. That does not it's look a, like a crow. I don't know what no, you're I'm on sorry. about. <laughs> no, when I'm looking here at the picture of it on Pottermore, it looks like a crow. But when I looked it up, it looks like an eagle. It's kind of terrifying. But yeah, well, I was, it's because it's I was, all one color in Pottermore. Yeah. I was um I was looking at this after I took this test and I was like, are you serious? Like I answer all of those questions and they say, you know, you really remind me of a bird. Yeah. I don't know how people get cool stuff like dragons or whatever. Like people those dragons? Yes, cuz like apparently she made it so that like magical animals are like the rarest patronuses, which is um I mean, I feel like that kind of makes sense. How many of us are like like our inner like animal or whatever? Like how many of us are like actually like a dragon? It would make okay, sense. Okay, but listen, I was disappointed <laughs> I did not get a unicorn the first time okay, I did it. Okay, but you got an otter. At least otter yeah, looks oh, cute. You, you know? didn't let me introduce it. That was so rude. Okay, oh, um, <laughs> the big reveal. I got an otter. <laughs> <laughs> um, the name of the podcast is Ron and Hermione Minus a Romance because we are Ron and Hermione. But bizarre enough, I am not Hermione, so it's funny that I got an otter. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, why couldn't I get an otter? Like, they're so they're so cute, and it's you know, it would be better than like a bird. Like, well, on. you're Ravenclaw, so it's True. a bird. I, it's not an eagle, though. I would have been less offended if it would have been an eagle because it would have gone offended. With my house. I don't. I think you just have to choose Thoroughly the most outrageous answer answers on the test. Like, just. <laughs> It's a really weird test anyway. You can, like, just tell yeah. when you're doing it it's that like, it's not as, right. like, actually well done as, like, the Hogwarts test or whatever. Yeah. Because it seems that like one, it's so random. But I, I had issues with, like, because everyone is, like, trying to figure out their godly parent, like, Percy, like Greek mythology or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, the question would ask, like, what's your favorite food? And I'm like, that's not, that's not what I want. Which is why I got <laughs> a really weird... I got a very split, like answer for what's your godly parent like i got apollo which kind of makes sense but not really i've gotten apollo and athena about the same amount of times so i've only taken it once and i got poseidon and i don't really know if that's accurate or not i don't really remember that well on percy jack the second podcast annabeth and percy minus the romance (laughs) (laughs) um but I don't remember Percy, like, how that, like, what the personality trait of their kids were or anything, so. I mean, I know Percy's the Poseidon son, so I guess it's cool. It's like when people get Gryffindor or something, but. Yeah, yeah, what would your second house be if you weren't Ravenclaw? That seems Um, like a question people normally ask. Yeah, you know, I really just think, I mean, I don't know, like, if this sounds like bad or anything but like I just don't think that there's another house that I share values with as much as Ravenclaw which is obviously why it's my house like you're asking like (laughs) second like I guess like I don't probably uh, I don't even know it would either be Hufflepuff or Gryffindor but I just don't think first of all I'm not nice enough to, to be in Hufflepuff and I'm not like brave enough or anything like that to be in Gryffindor so I just and you're not racist so you can't be a Slytherin (laughs) I'm just kidding I'm not gonna be throwing out hot takes like that this (laughs) this early no we can't be canceled on the first episode that would be very depressing (laughs) yeah I feel like we probably lost about like half of our audience yeah they're gone now (laughs) just wait until we get to talking about Snape it'll get even worse 
Oh, yeah. Or Draco. <laughs> He's yeah. coming soon. I do think it's in our description that we're not uh, Snape sympathizers, but I think we'll leave the mystery for later. Yeah. <laughs> for when we have to talk more in-depth about him. So we could share our personality types, like the Myers-Briggs okay. test. Oh, yeah, I was, like, in the middle of telling you a story about this, and you fully cut me off. Yeah, because you <laughs> need to talk about it here. That's the point. Yeah, so basically what I was what I was saying is that the first time I took this test was... I think like fourth grade it was like a whole thing that everyone was doing um and the first time i got enfp um which is extroverted intuitive feeling and perceiving um which funnily enough is my my dad's personality type exactly so we had the same personality type um and then i took the test again i've taken it several times but the first time i took it since fourth grade was like eighth grade seventh grade and i got INFJ, which is my mom's personality type, and it hasn't changed since then. So I'm an INFJ, an introvert, uh, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Um, <laughs> I know, That's I could... literally perfect. <laughs> I could see that reaction coming. But yeah, so mine, um, mine changed, like, after elementary school, or, like, middle school, I think. Which, <laughs> you know, that middle school will do it Imagine too. changing. Imagine... <laughs> actually adapting so i am an infp which is stand i literally okay to be clear i literally just took this test this year and i had no idea what it was before then um but it stands for introversion intuition feeling and perception i that's uh, this just feels too like woke for me like what do you mean feeling like there's people out there who aren't feeling no, I think that's more about decision making. So it's more like you make decisions based on like feeling rather or emotion rather than logic. Thanks. So that's I'm just saying like that's what I have read about myself because I also have the letter F. But um, yeah, I think what mostly obviously changed I changed from extrovert to introvert not that I still don't like I still get along with people and I feel like I could be mistaken as an extrovert see I hate people so (laughs) just in general um I think the the people have heard far too much about us already no we need our our our, our zodiac sign (laughs) (laughs) what like just the sign there there is oh I guess we should do that there is somebody out there oh, who's gosh. putting together all of this information and knows exactly who we are. <laughs> Maybe there's someone that is like that concerned with us, but um, if we're gonna do it, um, <laughs> no, I it's not. Twist. The one person <laughs> wa- listening to this is just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if we're gonna go into zodiac signs, I am a Taurus. Um, my birthday's in May. Um, my moon sign is Libra. And my rising sign is Leo, which I've been told makes a lot of sense. So I don't I'm I don't know anything about astrology. I could not tell you what that means. I just feel like I know. <laughs> yeah, um I'm a Scorpio, which is very accurate to me <laughs> from what I've seen. You said it doesn't sound accurate. Or somebody said I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's probably because I don't know really anything about astrology. And the only thing I hear is like, oh, Scorpio is mean, scary. And you're just not like mean or scary. So it's <laughs> <laughs> probably why. Maybe it's just not to you. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're just really mean to other people when I'm not around. Yeah. 
I maybe I'm a serial killer. You could never know. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, what my a story for my children. Like I had a podcast with a serial killer. Yeah. Like oh my gosh, that's that's literally. I guarantee character. that's like a name of a documentary. <laughs> but my um, rising sign, right? No moon sign. My moon sign yeah. is Aquarius. Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's both Aquarius. Of my parents are Aquariuses. Both of them. See, I've gone over this, but I am your parent. Yes. <laughs> Colin is very convinced that because of some random similarities with he and my parents, like names and zodiac signs, that they are the same. Yes, we are. I time travel on my free time. Um, but, and then my rising sign is Taurus. Haha. <laughs> we both have Taurus. Okay. Well, should we get into what they are actually here for? What? To listen to us analyze a book about wizards. Yeah, a children's story about yeah. wizards. Right. Oh, well, in case, I'll just say again, um, we're doing chapters one through three today. Oh, and yes, heavy, heavy, heavy spoilers. We've, I'm sure we've already <laughs> yeah, put yes. something in the beginning. Yes, but... I hope we did because <laughs> there, yes, we will not necessarily be jumping around through books, but there are things that we talk about that, you know, have like a part in the first books that like also just happened way later. So if you have not read all of the books, like all of them. Or if you didn't read the books, or if you haven't if, seen all the I mean, movies, if you don't just, care, if you don't care, just yeah, keep watching. if you're okay with it, um, I honestly, from experience, I had the events of the Order of the Phoenix, the very end, spoiled for me, and I really wish that it hadn't been. So <laughs> I would just recommend that everyone here have read all of the books or seen all the movies or both before before you listen, so that you don't get things spoiled for you (laughs) yes okay so chapter one the boy who lived it's where it all starts how lovely so i i wrote down um i kind of noticed that like so the whole like first chapter we have no idea why vernon is so bothered by people in cloaks like we don't we don't know that they're wizards necessarily. Like, we know something's weird. We know something's up with Harry, but we don't know what it is. We just know that Vernon and Petunia are just, you know, so normal. They, you know, live in that cookie-cutter neighborhood. Everyone has the same <laughs> car. We we know that that's what they're looking for. So, you know, we begin with a very drawn-out, really vague explanation of the circumstances leading to the arrival of Harry Potter on the Dursley's doorstep. And there's really a lot of mystery built around Harry. Like, we don't know why he's, like, a special baby. Like, he's a year old. We don't know why he's special, but we know, kind of, that he's the reason why some major dude has disappeared. Like, a great dark wizard. But we don't know he's a dark wizard. Like, you know, like, it's very, it's very vague. So this, I feel like, sets Harry up to be, like, a really you know, interesting person, but all through chapter one, we just don't know why. Like, we know that there's, obviously because, yes, the book is called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's (laughs) Stone, but, um, you know, if we, if we ignore all of that, like, the first chapter is, like, we know that he's going to turn into someone really interesting and special, but we just are sitting there, like, what is going on? Um, this kind of already sets him up as, like, this big, 
interesting thing. And we know that there was another, you know, major character who has disappeared that night. And this kind of already sets him up as Voldemort's equal. And spoiler alert. So this, <laughs> this sets him up as his equal, as Voldemort's equal. And I feel kind of foreshadows the prophecy that we don't learn about until the fifth book which states that Voldemort would set Harry as his equal and kind of more so foreshadows the eventual, like, battle between the two in the final book. Because even as, like, a baby, like, we know that, you know, by Voldemort killing his parents that night, he did set him as his equal, but we don't really know that. So right. I feel like... You know, you know, it's weird, because, like, if I was reading this for the first time, I would definitely think that Harry will, like, have some special power. Because, like, usually chosen yeah. ones are just, like, better than everyone else. But really, Harry isn't. <laughs> it's not to say that Harry's, like, a bad person or whatever, but, like, he's not exceptionally, like, powerful as, like, most books go. Not powerful. I would say that he did possess, like, he was really smart. He had the potential to be top of his class. He spent too much time, like, <laughs> getting into trouble to do that, to pursue, you know, academics like Hermione did. But I do feel like I wouldn't say that he was more powerful than everyone else. I would say, however, that he was exceedingly talented. Yes. Which I feel like is different. Like, he didn't have all kinds of, like, crazy magic that no one had ever seen. He was just very good at it. You know, like, he was talented. But like it's he... interesting because there's people around him definitely think that's what's happening. Yeah. They definitely yeah. think that... Well, uh, literally just because their only knowledge is that just Voldemort's gone because of a baby, that this baby has power. It, it We don't know if it's good or bad, but it definitely has it. Yeah, which is why I was thinking, like, you know, already, which I find so interesting. Like, I honestly really think it's a shame that J.K. Rowling is a bigot because I feel, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just, it's such a shame because, you know, I love this series and... You know, the things that I've noticed that, like, tie into later books and everything, like, to map out a story of this size, like, from the beginning so that it all ties in together is pretty remarkable, which I find, you know, a bit, <laughs> a bit sad that she turned out to be who she is. But, you know, she already, in the first chapter, set Harry up to be, you know, set him as Voldemort's equal because we know that he... While we don't know what, that he's a wizard or any other sort of backstory, we know that he's the reason that, as they call him, you know, he who must not be named is dead, or, you know, they think he's dead. So, you know, foreshadows their eventual bat the battle between the two because they've already been set as equals, and even though Harry's only a year old. So I did, uh, <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah, um, I, I love that yeah. that is your first note. And my first note is Mr. and Mrs. Dursley are neck buddies. What? Not quite <laughs> sure exactly what that means. I think I should maybe put more context in my notes. But Probably. I, I think it was on based on the fact that Mr. Dursley is said to have no neck and Mrs. Dursley is said to have a large neck. So they really oh, yes. are perfect for each other. Soulmates, you know. Soulmates. They don't need Patronuses <laughs> to tell them that. They, no. you know. <laughs> That's really how love is made in the wizarding world. <laughs> yeah. Well, the muggle world, yeah. anyways. Find yourself a person with a long neck. Absolutely. Um, speaking speaking of the Dursleys, um, I think we all know that lots of the names in this series have very interesting, like, hidden meanings, but what I didn't realize until I started doing some research was that the Dursleys do as well. 
Um, so really? Dursley, yeah, Dursley was a, is a city, it still exists, in, okay, I'm gonna absolutely butcher this name, I'm sorry, really sorry to any English people listening right now, Gloucestershire, um, <laughs> it looks like something completely different, right. <laughs> no, I googled it, and this is what it said, but I'm not saying that I'm right, I'm just saying that this is the closest thing I can, so, Dur- Dursley is a city in, Gosh, Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire. So, anyways, um, so <laughs> all the British people have clicked off the podcast. I, <laughs> I know. So this, you know, city Dursley was once very important in the medieval wool trade, and this, you know, doesn't really seem like it's a big deal at first. But the Dursleys are these people, like these super self-important snobbish people that, you know, think they're so cool and important because they have a nice car and they live, like, really normally. But um, I find this interesting because Dursley is no longer a large part of the medieval wool trade. So, you know, Dursley, the city, not to offend anyone from Dursley by any means, (laughs) but it's like, you know, this once great city, very important and epicenter of, like, the medieval wool trade, which kind of establishes the Dursleys as, like, these people who think they're so important, but really are just, like, a regular old town where people just happen to live, you know? Like, I noticed that similarity, because the Dursleys are just, are not special people. Yes, yes, anybody from Dursley listening, we hate you. You are <laughs> That's not boring. True. Nobody <laughs> likes you. You are child no. abusers. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, because it's the Dursleys, you know, are just so self-important and think they're so fantastic, but they really just are like any other family that's living on that same block, which kind of relates to Dursley because, you know, yes, they were once very important, but now, you know, it's just like another place where people live. So that kind of, you know, sets the Dursleys up to be very self-important and obsessed with class and possessions, which they are, even though they have no claim to to be anything other than completely normal. Um, and Dudley actually has a second element to his name, um, oh. which I, you know, I noticed that the name was like silly, right? Like Dudley Dursley. It just always sounded silly to me. But now that I look at it more, you know, the silliness of his name pushes this idea. You know, the Dursleys are slightly cartoonish. Like their entire characters oh, are, you know, absolutely. So Dud, like Dudley Dursley, it just, it's, <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> ridiculous. And, you know, it sets him up to be just that, like a Dud, like yeah. Dudley. So yeah, so his name also kind of, if, you know, we didn't meet him right off the bat and know exactly what he was like, we could, you know, we could, we could infer. Name. Yeah, we would know that they would just be the most, him especially, would just be so absurd, you know, just by looking at his name in general. I'm sure, maybe you have done research on this, but isn't Privet, like, somebody, the last name of... I think someone J.K. Rowling hated. I've I've seen this before. Maybe I should look this up before I f- introduce false claims. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I actually did not look anything up about Privet Drive, but I just I was looking at like character names. I know it's not like a real town. That would be kind of weird. Privet Drive. Little Winging is a real place. Okay, so maybe I'm uh, wrong. Sorry. But <laughs> I I swear I saw that somewhere. Don't at me. 
Um, no, you but, very well could have. <laughs> but apparently it's because of the privet bush, says J.K. Rowling, that is usually in suburban houses, which sounds just like a load of bull to me, but... <laughs> <laughs> did you also... So, um, did you also notice that... So in the first chapter, you know, we don't know that the people all over the streets are wizards, but we know that, like, Vernon is, like, kind of freaked out because he hears Harry's name, he hears Potter, he hears Harry, and he's like, man, I'm pretty sure that's my nephew's name. But I kind of noticed that Vernon didn't seem as completely revolted by magic in the first chapter. He seemed more afraid of Petunia and what she right. would have to say if he mentioned her sister, which I find interesting because obviously later in the books, like, I mean, just a chapter later, honestly, because, or when Harry gets his letter. But I think it's, I think it's kind of interesting because it seems to me like Vernon wasn't the one pushing the anti-magic agenda. But you like usually it think it is. Because, like, in later books, it yeah, seems exactly. that Petunia is kind of afraid to mention it to Vernon. Maybe it's, yeah, like, a two-way exactly. street, you know? I don't know, because I feel like... I was I was thinking about that, because at first, like, it definitely doesn't seem like Vernon. Like, <laughs> poor Vernon marries this woman, <laughs> you know, marries this woman, and then finds out that her sister's a witch. Like, he married into this craziness you know he had no reason to suspect it before but um you know petunia as we know again major spoiler alert asked you know wrote professor dumbledore and asked if she could attend hogwarts with lily um so and you know from that day on we know that there was a really different relationship between the sisters when she was rejected and you know lily read her mail and that's how she found out um her she and severus did so i feel like the anti-magic and, like, you know, hatred of all things magical, I think it started with Petunia, and she, like, indoctrinated Vernon. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, it's weird. Like, Vernon must really love Petunia to be putting up with literal witch sister when his, like, main goal is to be a perfect normal family, which is kind of random to come from Vernon, actually, because, you know, how would you think to be, like... Why would you want to be a normal family if you knew that there weren't odd that's ex- people? Yeah, that's exactly what I was, like, just thinking right <laughs> right when you said it. Because, you know, who even knows if... I, I think it would be reasonable to say that Petunia would be the one obsessed with normalcy and, you know, looking like everyone right. else. Because she lived... You know, she always said... She said at one point that her parents were very proud of Lily for being a witch and you know, great at it. And so I think that that probably started with her trying to, you know, be good at something, be good at blending in so that she wouldn't have to deal with the fact that she and her sister were so divided because she wasn't able to experience that part of her life with her. Well, I think think we can assume, well, yes, we know that the Evans are dead at this point because Harry would have been dropped off with them. So it's, it's honestly kind of sad that she's still putting up with this in her life because she can't really move on. I think it's, and not like strange, but it's like, I, I never really thought about how really it was Petunia was the reason that Harry's childhood was so miserable because while I don't think Vernon would have been thrilled about it, I, if she wouldn't have been, so vehemently like anti-magic I don't think he would have been either you know so but then obviously we see Petunia's gradual growth throughout the series she's the one who decides that like what book is it the 
When does she get the howler from Dumbledore? That's the fifth book. The fifth book, yeah. So she's the one that decides that they can't kick Harry out. So we see her gradually grow and change, but I feel like that has, honestly, a lot to do with the rise and fall of Voldemort. Because as Voldemort gained more power, obviously Harry had to tell them something. And, you know, she, despite how, you know, awful she was, her sister did die at the hands of Voldemort. So I think, you know, I noticed that as he gets more powerful, Petunia is less angry about Harry being a wizard and more afraid of what that means for herself. She wasn't necessarily worried for Harry. She was far too selfish for that. Right. She was was worried for herself because he had laid hands on her family before. And, you know, Vernon also kind of followed her lead towards the end. But it absolutely, I think, started with Petunia. She was the one who decided that they weren't going to tolerate Harry and, you know, something he didn't ask for, first of all, you know. (laughs) You know, and, like, this, this is the first chapter where we, like obviously see Dudley but it's interesting because you know Dudley is abused in a different kind of way and it's in because you know you can't have that or you're going to turn out to be a horrible person like Dudley did so Uh it's interesting because it's very two different sides of the spectrum but they're both horrible of what they put both Dudley and Harry through yeah, I do think, didn't Dumbledore kind of point that out? Like in the fi- in the sixth book when he came to collect Harry himself and take him to see Slughorn, he kind of, he he said like how you mistreat your son. And obviously they were like, oh my God, us? Yeah. Mistreat, what did they call him? Dudders? Dudders. But it's true. It's, you know, they taught him to be afraid and to hate Harry for being a wizard. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was so strange to think that it started with Petunia. Like, Petunia saw what that divide did to her and her sister. Like, they never fixed it. Right. And she let the same thing happen to her nephew and her son. Yes, and it's really interesting because we literally see in this chapter, and I've never noticed it before because I've, like, always seen headcanons about, like, oh, (laughs) the Dursleys, like, seeing Harry and being, like, awful as a baby but like they literally say that the Dursleys have never even seen Harry before yeah they didn't really even know his name yeah exactly and it's weird to think about that because you'd think that like what was the final straw of them not talking to them anymore you know I yeah I think I feel like I've read something about that it was like something Oh gosh, I I feel like I've definitely seen it. Like there was there was an incident where you know they had dinner together or something, and James right. like accidentally did something magical, and like something happened to Vernon. Oh, it was definitely just... James or something. James would be <laughs> the person to mess it up. Yeah, it was it was something like that. Like there was a dinner, there was an incident with magic, and they just didn't ever speak again. Um, but also, yeah, I just t- to be clear, this is takes place the day after Halloween. And I need to know what the Dursleys Halloween would look like. Like, do they, (laughs) do they, they wouldn't dress up or anything, obviously. No, they would like not pass out candy. If some kid knocked on the door, they'd open the door and yell at them. Yeah. Like give them parrots or something. No, but they have to act like the rest of the people. They're the people Uh, who leave out the bowl that says take one. I don't think, I don't think their like desperation for normalcy necessarily extended to acting like everyone else like if we're talking strictly about Halloween I don't think they necessarily would disguise like 
how much they don't like other people just to feel normal. <laughs> like, they, they, they let their own personalities show. Like, they were themselves around everyone, but what they didn't want was, like, I don't know. They didn't want their family image to be ruined by James and Lily and Harry. Like, I don't think it was much about, like, acting like other people because besides the fact that they have wizards in the family, they were very normal people. Right. So, like, you know, yeah, I don't think strictly about anybody Halloween. else would lock their nephew in a cupboard under the stairs. So No, I don't think so. So I think as long as their family image was intact, you know, as people, if people just looked at the family and said, oh, you know, if, and didn't think anything, you know, they didn't want them to look at the look at them and say, oh, what a nice family. They just wanted them to, like, see them and think nothing because that's just all they... They wanted to be, like, not insignificant, but they wanted to just (laughs) blend in. Right. But, you know, about Halloween, like, I don't think they would act like everyone else on Halloween, like, dress up because they felt, again, like, as their last name suggests, they think they're too good for everyone else. Yeah, but I wonder if, like, (laughs) Dudley dresses up. Like, they let Dudley dress up. Like, what would they even... They... (laughs) they indoctrinated Dudley so young to be hateful and like scared of everything that he didn't know. So I think that from a very young age, they would have said like only losers dress up for Halloween. They are definitely the people who are like, Oh my gosh, Halloween is satanic. We like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Also (laughs) there, there's a point at the beginning, which really seems like throws me off every time I read it where it says our story starts and it's the first time they that's the only time they ever mention Harry Potter as a story in all seven books and it's kind of interesting because I just now it's like making me question everything about this like who is this narrator (laughs) now it's like yeah because it's you know it's like um i forget my like first second third person but it's like you know an outside observer it's through harry's point of view kind of but um it right. follows harry and we see it's his third thoughts, person but, but we only know yes. what harry knows yeah we only know what he's thinking and what he knows. well except for this first chapter because we don't yeah. know uh-huh. harry exists we don't want to hear goo goo gaga for the whole first <laughs> chapter we do we know he exists we just haven't figured out why he's our main character yet right but I just, it just throws you off. And I want, like, I don't think there's anything, it would almost make me feel better if it, like, <laughs> the epilogue or something, it was, like, in the story ends, you know? But. I mean, they, she did close it on a very definitive note. You know, all was well. Because, you know, we start with this huge, like, upheaval. You know, people, like, wizards in the street not bothering to dress like muggles and everyone everywhere partying and like freaking out there there's a kid who's lost his parents and survived and you know this this book starts on like a frenzied note you know like however calm the narrator may be and however Mm -hmm. little of the reaction we may have seen like doesn't the entire wizarding world is in complete like upheaval at this moment and she the book you know the entire series closes on a very definitive everything is okay note because we started the Which story is completely... Very, it's very <laughs> controversial opinion yeah. in the Harry Potter fandom. I don't personally I like it, but... I never really minded it, though. Like, I was never one of those people that questioned the books they read too much. Right. You know, like, I'm not I one feel of those like people that, we like... we are about to do that. This is literally <laughs> what we're doing right now. No, I just mean, like, endings and 
couples who ended up together. Like, I was never someone who, like, questioned it too much. Like, people, like, so many people, like, hate certain couples and whatever. But, like, I, no matter what fantasy book I read, I was always just that person who is like, I mean, the author said it, so this is what, <laughs> you know, this is what happens. Right. I've I never just, been one to, like, feel question like it too it much. I just feel like it was too cheery. Like, too many people yeah. died for it to really just be like, everything's okay now, you know? Like, there's yeah, people I feel like, who are going to be thinking about this forever. It's literally a war. Yeah. It's not... It was 19 years later, though. And, you know, after 19 years, like, it'll never... Like, they'll never be, like, fully okay. But at the same time, like, after 20 years, like, you live. Like, you learn how to live right. without the people that you've lost. Like, family members and, you know... They they would have learned how to be okay in that time. Which is, like, I don't really mind the ending, honestly. Because it's not like she was like, everything's totally fantastic and amazing and no one cares about anything anymore you know it was just kind of like I felt like it was a very definitive like it's okay like we're doing okay <laughs> that's the, I feel like, like we should probably message. like stop now because we're, we're gonna <laughs> need to talk about something for the epilogue but yeah that's um I was just that's just the message I got from the last sentence you know like it's good like it seemed like it wanted to close the story, but apparently they didn't want to close the story because Cursed Child is still playing. Do not invoke the name of that horrible, <laughs> horrible book. Eh. <laughs> I'm going to see it, though. I want to see it so bad. I've heard it's, like, God, fun to I watch. I don't. I really just, I don't. I mean, we don't want to give money to he, she who shall not be named, but... <laughs> Oh, okay. Also, there's these owls flying flying around, and like, what is this even? Like, what is? What are we supposed to put together from this? Like, are people just letting <laughs> their owls out? Are they sending letters or something? Like, who are they sending letters to? I think they to? would be, probably to anyone because you know, like I think it was Remus that said it. You know, years and years later, he was like, "You do not understand what it was like. Like, you did not know who you could trust, who you could talk to." Remus himself was turned against his best friend because he thought that he had turned in James and Lily. Right. But he was actually his other best friend who faked his own death. And yes, then but it's to, like, like very hide. common information at that point. I don't think you need to like go tell your mom, "Hey, Voldemort's dead." You know? No, like, I don't think that's necessarily what it was. Like, I think it's like because you did not know who you could talk to, who you could trust. I think after it happened, people were probably asking each other, like, like repairing <laughs> relationships. <laughs> Like maybe. maybe I think I don't think it was much as like telling people like hey you know like you know what happened today like everyone knew but I think people knew because people were like rapid fire sending owls contacting people you know asking maybe people thought that other people had been killed that night or like I just think it was probably like you know like if something like that happened in today's world we would all be texting each other like crazy like if um okay I'm not I can't Okay, trying to think of a way to say this that wouldn't, like, get me in trouble or something. Like, if we had, like, um, like a leader, you know, a of our country. right. Yes, that was murdered, assassinated, wrongly, maybe. But, like, you know, if they just happened to be killed, or, like, you know, if they tried to kill someone, but then a literal infant turned the gun on them and shot them instead, <laughs> we would be texting each other. We would be texting each other that and would calling just, like, everyone That go viral new. on TikTok. It would just, like, be a trend somehow. Like, don't yeah, leave you know, your babies have guns. <laughs> but it's kind of, like, it's a similar thing. Not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they were sending owls because that was their method of communication. You know, like, if something like that happened to us, if you could see the text messages flying across <laughs> the country in that moment, they would be, like, 
it would be kind of the same thing. Like, I just think because of the, um, like, the size of, like, the news, like, that was a huge thing that happened to them. I think, you know, half of them were probably like, did this really happen? And the other half were like, who is this kid? And what is going on? Okay, like, but also, these owls are definitely an invasive species at this point. Like, they're being sent to places where they should not be sending. And it's not like they're not going to stop for a snack. They're still animals, you know? I'm sure, like, (laughs) great. There's, like, Hedwig would never. Hedwig would never stop for a snack. She has a mission to go to. But but... she totally did. Like, I think it I always loved when she would, like, stop in the Great Hall and, like, Harry was, like, busy and she would, like, bite his finger and, like, eat his food. Like, steal his breakfast. It's because she doesn't eat snacks. She doesn't bite (laughs) mice around the way because she knows what she's doing. She has a goal and she's going to get to it. Yeah. To be fair, I don't really think that in the wizarding world, there was like an extra amount of owls, you know, like I think the amount of owls we have now, like, but they would just be all magical owls. And you know, Right. Are like, these really owls think... magical? That's yes. the thing. No, but like, I think, they, but maybe that's what just makes them that magical, magical besides being very smart. Like you can't just, just, can you really just like pick up an owl on <laughs> and just like, here's a letter, send it to my great aunt Susie. Like, Oh my gosh. I think maybe it was like that owls themselves were like a magical species. Maybe like not like magical, but like, you know, I smart enough to convert, <laughs> like send letters. I just, I feel like I understood it at least as like, I think it was just like all owls. I don't think it was like a special kind of them. Um, I really, okay, let's see. What else do I have written down for notes? Um, I did, okay, I did absolutely do research for this one because I'm not going to. Yeah, like, do you have any? Credit. I'm just going to. Like, I don't have any n- notes until, like, Dumbledore <laughs> arrives, so... Oh, yeah. Um, here, wait. Um, so this... I read this somewhere and thought it was interesting, so that's why I'm going to, like, discuss it with you. I'm not going to take full credit for, like, inventing right. this idea. So, um, so the difference between muggles... Like, we know they're called muggles. We don't know what makes them muggles, you know, in the first chapter. Um, but the difference between them and these strange people that Vernon is afraid of, like, the difference is set up kind of, like, night and day. Like, very literally. Mm-hmm. Like, Vernon, a muggle, spends all day in his tiny office at Grenning's and goes to the same bakery every day to get the same donut. You know, like, daytime, broad daylight. Petunia spies on the neighbors, does the same thing day after day after day. But we meet Dumbledore at night. He's, you know, he's been at parties, you know, he's taking lights out of street lamps and he's like, you know, I, he's cool. He's interesting. He has like I a I really want to like, see Dumbledore at just some teen's party, <laughs> just like getting absolutely wasted. Yeah. The, so the difference between Dumbledore, who we, you know, obviously like, we don't know he's a wizard yet, but I'm going to say wizard just so that I don't have to keep like explain the difference between wizards and muggles is set up like night and day like interesting versus boring and repetitive you know right muggles like occupy the daytime and they're like you know doing their thing it's a very bold way of writing to just like insult your reader be like you are boring (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it just because we do, we meet Dumbledore at night, right? He takes the light out of the street lamps and he tells Minerva, he's like, to, you know, I've um, I've been at parties, you know? I stopped at a couple parties on the way. Right. You know, I've been like hanging out all night. So that, the difference, because we don't, we don't know why they're different, but the difference 
is set up very, very clearly. Like the difference between muggles and who we later will know as wizards. So I thought that was really interesting because she did use day and night as like a way to set up their differences. Right. Yes. Also, Dumbledore comes in in high-heeled buckled boots. <laughs> yeah. Why Why is this not included in the movie? I wanted to see that. I want to see this old man. There are so many man. things that we were robbed of in the movies. I, I just love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> also, they call the Deluminator the put-outer, which is they one... They do, yes. Yes. It's one thing if the strategy... <laughs> Is to be like, oh, we don't know any of the stuff yet, so it's going to be that. But they don't do it with anything else. They don't make up names for anything else. And they continue to call it the put-outer in book five. So really, she just hated the name and changed it. Which is, it would be mm, fair like, yeah. if that's, she said like that. That's... But J.K. Rowling <laughs> would never own up to something like that. No, I feel like that's very obviously plausible it could have happened but i also feel like i feel like i definitely had a point but it just flew out of my head (laughs) no oh wait no i know what i was gonna say now okay um you know like dumbledore invented it right we know that but i feel like dumbledore is the kind of person who would call it the put outer you know just for fun like he seems like that kind of guy because even though like he was he very much (laughs) owned up to his intelligence but tried to be humble about it like he was he was a brilliant man he knew that he other people knew that he knew that but he also tried to remain like humble about his accomplishments and his inventions so i feel like he would definitely call that a put outer around other people just so that it didn't sound like as much of a huge achievement for him because like that's that's really cool, you know, to invent a device like that. You know, like, it may not have been, like, revolutionary, but, like, that's pretty cool. And so he probably had plenty of people who were, like, ridiculously, like, jealous and intimidated by him. And I, you know, it it even happens, like, in today's world. Like, if you use, like, crazy academic language, people, I mean, children our age will get, like, jealous and, like, intimidated, and it's, like, a whole issue So, you know, he was kind of doing that thing where you kind of just, like, dumb yourself down so that you don't (laughs) sound as brilliant to other people. So I feel like that could also be the reason. And maybe he called it a deluminator in the will just to, like, throw off Rufus Scrimger. Or maybe it was, like, a one last to him, like, I am way smarter than you. This is my deluminator. Like, you know? (laughs) Right. He just wanted a really cool... No, I... I get what you're saying, but it was definitely just J.K. Rowling not it, yeah, liking it's, it. That's very likely. Yeah. That's very likely. <laughs> okay. Also, <laughs> <I, laughs> all my points are just me saying also. Okay. So there's when McGonagall transforms out of cat form, right? Yeah. She says, how did you know it was me? How? How did you, you're a teacher at his school and you regularly turn into cat for the class. What is this? What was JK Rowling's intention behind this? I don't get it. I, I yeah, I, it's I lit. Like and there theory. are records. There are literal yeah, records that she is. Yeah. I would not put it past Minerva McGonagall to become an unregistered animagus. No, but I feel like, I mean, 
I don't remember exactly like if in the chapter it she was supposed to be there, but maybe she <laughs> wasn't like supposed to be there, and she just kind of showed up and was hoping she would blend in as a cat. Because like if well, no, Dumbledore didn't for- know that she, she was there. She just came yeah, on her exactly. own. But how exactly. did she know anyway? Well, she'd probably like he'd probably confide in in her. She was deputy headmistress. She probably well, she obviously knew what had happened to Harry. She probably made the connection. Okay, only living relatives. You know, maybe he had told her. She had to have found out somehow because that plan could not have been completely secret. Because it's like the huge, this like massive operation. Like you know, right. like, you know. So I out of like, anyone, Dumbledore would trust Minerva with information yeah absolutely so i feel like she probably said that because a she probably was not supposed to be there right (laughs) or she wasn't invited and you know usually i think unless you were looking for spectacle markings around her eyes it would just look like another cat but then you know obviously (laughs) he said that leads me to my next point (laughs) i've never seen a cat sit so like rigidly on a wall like that stiffly stiffly yeah and so you know he she was a very like stiff, like a rigid woman, you know. So um, and he was just like his brain was just so above everyone else's. He probably just noticed things like that, like just like nothing. So you know, I'm sure that he suspected by confiding in Minerva that she would show up anyways. But she thought she was being discreet. So I think that that's probably like he knew that she was gonna try and pull something and show up, and there she was, you know. So right, okay, so. Now you don't care. You. I'm. This one is like, sounds like I'm just being like, <laughs> but really, <laughs> why does McGonagall have glasses in her cat form? Because like, what if she wore contacts? Would the cat change? What if she had different colored glasses? What if she changed her glasses? Would they change in the cat form? Okay, so if she wore blue glasses, I do not think her tabby cat would have blue markings (laughs) around its eyes. Right. So I don't think color matters. However, I feel like although the wizarding world is like advanced because they're literally wizards, I don't think that they were privy to contacts, you know? Right. Like I, but okay, but like she could have like, different she colored, so she can have different glasses. We don't know exactly about the optometry of the wizarding world, <laughs> but like you get different glasses some like every That's couple of true. years. That's a fair point. I feel like it was implied. I mean, okay, when I think about Minerva McGonagall, I think, you know, this is just like I feel like she goes to bed at the same time every night in the same place, you know, we just very, very exact woman, you know, that that's who she is. She's very rigid. She's got her routine. She I don't really think she's the type of person to get a pair of new fun glasses, you know, every every couple of months. <laughs> I feel like she probably wore the exact same style and pair probably of glasses her entire life. Okay, but like just who she seems to me. As far as I remember, there's no like nobody else's animagus form looks like them in any way. Um, the markings, yes, because Rita Skeeter, her beetle, had the markings around its eyes where she had. So are glasses the only thing that transfer into animals? Are glasses a (laughs) part of you as a person? I I really do not have an answer for that. <laughs> I'm so angry. Why why are these glasses here? Why? Oh my gosh. 
I'm filled with rage. <laughs> oh my god. I, <laughs> of all things in this series that would be cause for anger, it's this. It's yes. why does Minerva McGonagall's cat form have spectacle markings around its eyes? I mean, it's like cool or whatever. That is the question, like, you know? <laughs> okay. They mentioned Daedalus Diggle, which is interesting because he is the yeah. one of the people who takes Harry away in Deathly Hollows, which is interesting that he's at the beginning uh-huh. of the first one and the beginning of the last one. It's like, because de- there's definitely yeah. some mirroring they wanted to happen in Deathly Hollows uh-huh. to the first one. Yeah, for so. sure. And um, because, you know, obviously Hagrid is also the one to take Harry away from his aunt and right. uncle's house in the same motorbike that he arrived in. And um, then he takes him back when he's dead. <laughs> You know. Oh my god. <laughs> I hope that whoever ignored our first two spoiler alerts did not just hear that and like lose all passion for reading the books. Um, Listen, I don't thank think... you, Colin. No, if it's if they decided to keep if they skipped it, that's their fault. Goodbye. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> Bye. We don't want you here anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like losing us all of our listeners. Exactly. Right now. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's my goal is that At there will point, be nobody just listening. <laughs> just our parents who are supporting us. We're going to like grudgingly. Yeah. We're going to listen. <laughs> we're going to like look at statistics and it'll be like these people left like 5 minutes into the episode. Like it's gonna... <laughs> Okay, I have like I have one last note. So, chapter 3, they are really trying to dodge all of those letters coming. Your your coming next to one's Harry. chapter 3. Yeah, I like, I mean, okay. Did you not take any notes on chapter two? Um, the whole name thing was kind of for all of them. Okay. (laughs) I also did say that, like, you know, there's kind of early examples of fat phobia on behalf of Miss Joanne Rowling, um, because (laughs) Vernon and Dudley, like, they're, they're mean, right? That's, like, one personality trait, and the other one is that they're fat, you know? Right. Like, do you remember, like, in the third book when it was said that Dudley had reached the same size and, like, weight of <laughs> a, a baby, baby? A baby on back way. <laughs> How does that even happen? Like, this kid, it would be dead, right? That kid no, would yeah. have to be dead. That's, I Okay, that's another thing. Like, we should not be talking about this now, but can I just No, say like, that, that like, Dudley would diet? be on, like, world records. Like, he would be in the Guinness no, World I'm Record book. No, I'm just saying, let's say that he was actually that size. Why right. was he only eating half a grapefruit for breakfast? <laughs> he, okay, he should be eating, sure, healthier, but, like, half of a grapefruit? Right, you're literally, really tor- that's torture. That's literally exactly. torture. Like, I would be really hungry, and I am a very normal weight for being 5'4". So, right. like... You know, I would be very hungry and very crabby if I could only have half a grapefruit in the morning. But <laughs> if he was that massive, he would be, like, starving. Right. You know? I would feel- like, they're starving him to get him to lose weight. Yeah. But that's, gonna for, kill that's him. for another book. That <laughs> we'll talk about that more Right. In another book. Okay. <laughs> well, if you have notes for chapter two, you go first. And then I'll talk I'm about still on chapter one. <laughs> Are you serious? I, I took a lot of notes on chapter one for some reason. Okay. I so, thought I had a lot. I have like a whole page, but like for all three. Oh. I have two. Oh my god. <laughs> what is Dumbledore doing in his spare time to discover lemon drops? Like, is he just going, going out? Going to parties. And, okay. Well, because there but, were parties like, did, when Voldemort fell. 
So he right. was but like, out, you know? Is celebrate. he just, like, strolling down the street next to, like, some candy shops? Like, that seems very Dumbledore, but... I feel like... I feel like he didn't mean, like, discovered in that way. I feel like he probably was at a party and people had, like, muggle candy and he I like that we're introducing really that, like, Dumbledore just, like, goes to raves every day. Like, he's just, like... I think that that was kind of, like, a one-time thing. Because, you know, people threw parties the night that Voldemort fell once they were sure that it had happened. And so people were partying. And he said, he was like, I stopped at some gatherings on the way here. Right. So... So I'm sure he was at one of those parties. Someone said, hey, Albus, like, I have <laughs> this muggle candy. Try it. And they were like, and he was like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. I have to go and tell Minerva while we are placing Harry Potter on his aunt and uncle's doorstep. Like <laughs> the, I love that Dumbledore is just like popping in at parties and it's just like, hey, and everyone's like, it's Albus Dumbledore. Like the real, the party has started now. Right. Okay. 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 So I'm probably going to talk about this more, but like the, all of like the major character arcs of like the main trio and everyone kind of happen in this book because, you know, this could have been a standalone book. Right, because she didn't know True. that if it would be picked up at all. So it's like Ron discovers himself and like stands out, and like Hermione learns to see more of this, and then Harry just like <laughs> has to defeat the Voldemort, which is the whole yeah. thing by itself. But like these kind of after this book, they stretch out throughout the entire series, and they're yeah. they kind of get where they got at the end of this book at the end of Deathly Hallows. You know, you're right. Yeah, because I um I wrote for a later chapter. We can talk about it more. But Hermione, you know, <laughs> she was, like, insufferable. You know, like, they didn't like her. She was annoying, whatever. But she became tolerable, and they became friends the first time she ever lied for them. So, you know, <laughs> that sounds kind of bad. But, you know, like, she learned how to, I mean, not lie necessarily, but she loosened up. Mm-hmm. And went on an adventure, you know, <laughs> defeated a troll. The first time they did something together as a team and she didn't obsess about the rules or what would happen. Like, that's when her character became tolerable and, like, a good friend. That Like, that was her turning, turning point, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of true for the last one. Because she, like, Hermione Jean Granger left school. Like, did not go back. I mean, she did later. That's but like, still, a huge sacrifice like, that's for her. pretty major, you know? Like, it's on a larger scale than her lying about why they were in the bathroom where the troll was. But, yeah, because it is, like, the same thing. You know, she made she did the same thing. You know, she sacrificed her life, you know, for these two guys. Right. And that's what made her such a good friend, which mm-hmm. is true. And then, you know, in the first book, Ron sees himself as a prefect and head boy and Quidditch captain in the first book and, you know, learns how to be someone other than just another Weasley. And that's true for the last book as well, because he was the very front of the, you know, last battle against Voldemort. And, um, and he did end up being a prefect. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) one of those three badges did end up coming his way. (laughs) And I'm sure that changes, too. We'll get to that in the Mirror of Erised chapter, but I'm sure his, like, desire changes. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I brought that up was because we have the tiniest arc possible of, like, 
what's to happen in the other books of McGonagall <laughs> saying Voldemort's name after like five questions, which it's very, because it, we, this is a problem that people have to deal with. And obviously it's, we don't really understand why ever. It's very, you know, we get it. It's like very scary, but like, yeah, by the end, it's obviously becomes, uh, what is it? A taboo, but, uh-huh. Yeah. But it's we it's a mini arc that what I'm saying is just of yeah. compared to the whole series. Yeah. And that's, also that's true. <laughs> this one says cynical alert. <laughs> How did Dumbledore possibly <laughs> get a map of the London Underground on his knee? <laughs> okay, I feel like I feel like I know that what we're doing is reading too much into this, but like I feel like that bothering you is kind of like it's Dumbledore. He's probably <laughs> been on the London Underground. No, but, like, why? Who did that? Oh, why? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. How could he possibly have gotten that? Like, how... I would be willing to bet that it was How Aberforth. rare is that? Like, no. I is that, like, to bet that, that seems like a form of torture. Like, they pull up a map <laughs> of London Underground on their phone or their GPS, and they're just, like, think... carving it out onto his knee. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that was probably kind of one of those Dumbledore jokes that's only half true. Like, I feel like it's probably, you know how, like, there are several different... So you don't think he actually does? No, because the London Underground, obviously, is huge. There are several different bus lines, or are they trains? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there are several different bus lines. I'm pretty lines, sure just they're, like, like there subways. Are... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there are several different lines that go all over the city, and so I'm... What I always assumed was, like, you know, for example, like, even here where we live, there are several different bus lines that are color-coded, you know? So one will go like this, and then one will go the opposite way, and they're all just, like, you know, different. So to have the entire thing, that would be, like, a massive scar. But um, I think that it was probably one bus line, which means it's probably just, like, a really long scar. But I think also he was probably kidding to make Harry feel better about his scar, you know, he was like, oh, you have a lightning bolt? I have, like, what's the first thing that can come into my head right now to convince this child? <laughs> oh, a bus line, you know? Right, a bus line. Um, so, okay, so that the line at the end where it's, like, everyone in the world will okay. know his name is, like, it gives me chills, which is the nerdiest thing ever every time I read it. <laughs> but also, it's... And the, there's people out there who are like, JK knew the story would blow up when she wrote that, which is literally the the biggest load of bull I've ever heard. Yeah. But yeah, she, I mean, JK Rowling would confirm that. She'd be like, oh yes, I knew that, of course. What am I, what am I thinking? <laughs> um, oh my gosh. But it's just like, it's, it's just really interesting to see how big Harry Potter's gotten and to hear yeah. that line every time. It's so weird yeah i know even now because it's like it's transcended like generations like my mom read these books when she was a kid or not like a kid a kid but you know when she was younger you know you know so it's been like several what did i say she when she, oh my god i'm sorry i didn't mean when she was a kid she was born in like <laughs> 1977 but uh, you know when she was a lot younger obviously and so you know they've gone through Ge like a generation and so people now are reading them and planning on <laughs> introducing them to their children and so it's been like it's I, I find that very interesting I've seen a lot of people say after this controversy with uh JK that um 
And I've seen people say like, well, the writing isn't even that good. And I think that that's, I feel like people who say that the writing isn't good are kidding themselves. Like by no means do I support her or agree with any of the nasty things I'm sure she said it's over not the summer. Like, I don't think she's like one of the best authors ever, but I think it's impressive, you know? I, I always found the writing in this series to be really, really good. Like impressive. Like, you know, she's... I mean, you know, a lot of it are... is plagiarized, which is unfortunate, <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not gonna, as much as I love these series, it's, it's, they're classics, but they're not going to be classics, you know, like Frankenstein or like, I'm, I, honestly, I think and... they will be in the future. I mean, yeah, but I just mean the quality of writing is different, but I feel that people who say that the writing is bad or not good are just kidding themselves because they're <laughs> upset with the things that she said. And I don't want this to sound like me, like, obviously, defending like her this, as a person. These books are, like, filled with a bigotry and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see no, how her terrible opinions are formed in this, but it's, yeah, there are sure. some very well-written chapters in this that I... Yeah, yeah, I just think the books as a whole, like, sadly, they're, you know, yeah, they're very bigoted, and she pushed her beliefs onto the characters in many ways. However, you know, the quality of writing is is good. Like, they're very good books, you know, besides all of that ugliness that she had to include, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, and by no means, like, am I defending her as a person or anything that she said ever, you know, um, her transphobia and bigotry. It's like, it's not something that, that we support here. I just think that it's kind of ridiculous to try and pretend that the series is bad or the writing is bad just because she's a horrible person. Okay. Like, I don't think that's yeah. productive. Right. Okay, okay. We have two chapters to go through. <laughs> we have two chapters. Oh, my god. Okay, okay, okay. So far- We're going to have to cut so much of this out. Uh, it's up okay. In the middle, like, it's oh my okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> so starting off, just on the second chapter... Harry's having these dream about the motorcycle, which I think is supposed to be cool for the reader, but also makes no sense because that's not how Harry's dreams work. He either sees through Voldemort's <laughs> eyes or they're just random dreams. So it really just... I mean, it is it is kind of a random dream for him. Yeah. He's like, a flying motorcycle? What? what? And it's not like <laughs> what? he remembers, like even in the back of his mind, him as a literal infant. Yeah, I mean... It may be different because he's, like, a wizard or something, we but don't, I feel like... I, we have no mention of, like, wizard's <laughs> memories being, like, incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the memory. I just feel like maybe... I don't know. That's kind of interesting. But, like, there has to be a correlation there. Like, there has to be something that he either maybe remembers or his subconscious remembers and brings it up in dreams or in something. So I feel like it has to, it has to be somewhat related. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One of my notes is just I counted five <laughs> fat shaming comments in just two pages. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so much fat phobia in like the first, just the first three chapters. Like, there is a lot of mentions of Aunt Marge in these chapters, which is yeah. weird because it makes me wonder if she knew that she was actually going to write her. I think what I find so interesting about that is like you know so many things in this book in these first chapters tie in to things that happen so much later, like Harry's foreshadowed battle with Voldemort being set as his equal. You know, so many things. Like, while she may not have thought that she would write more, I think she wrote this book with, 
you know, the knowledge that if she wrote them correctly, she would be able to. Like, I think right. she knew that there was a way to develop this story so that she would be able to go further without making it, like, get boring or, like, trite or something like that, you know? Like, she developed this and, you know, tied things in from this book into the third or the seventh or, or anything. And so I think... I think she knew that she might, which is why she, you know, did what she could to make sure that it would all tie in together. Right. Okay. I'm just going to speed through these notes. <laughs> okay. Um, Dinky Duddy Dums is my rap name. Um, here's Polkis <laughs> X Dudley Dursley. Um, it was the 90s. No, you did not. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. I also have a note of why is he even in this chapter? Why is Piers Polkis like actually like he's never built on ever he has no importance Um, in this chapter it makes sense that he had a birthday yeah but it makes sense he had people at his birthday but like it kind of i feel like she kind of mentioned him because it was like showing how you know how like hateful like dudley basically taught this dude he was like you know be he's hanging out with the wrong people too that's yeah, it kind of shows, is. like, the development of Dudley into, like, a jerk, like, a bully. You know, he found other bullies to bully Harry first, and then when Harry wasn't there, to bully unsuspecting little kids, you know? So, they, Pierce Polkas had to be mentioned, if not by name, like, somehow, because it's it's a big part of Dudley's development into a bully. Like, it's starting now. It started with Vernon and Petunia. You know, they were the ones that They are bullies. His, yeah, they're bullies. They started him at it. And because of that, like, there's... It's actually, like, um, a psychology thing. Like, for like, if you're raised in a household where, let's just say, like, your parents solve problems by yelling. I mean, they don't solve problems that way, but they deal with them that way, you know? If your parents yell at each other, they yell at you, they yell at everyone, you, as an adult, are going to go searching for relationships where that is the case, where you yell at each other and you yell at other people, whether romantic or platonic, which means, like, the way that you treat your significant other or people around you and your children is what they will probably end up looking for as young adults in relationships. So because Vernon and Petunia are screamers, you know, <laughs> they scream at Harry, they scream at each other, they scream at everyone, and, you know, they bully everyone around them. You know, they make comments about other people, they bully Harry. That causes Dudley to go looking for that sort of relationship with other people, mm-hmm. which means, you know, he latched on to other bullies and just it just developed and developed and developed because he didn't know anything else. You know, his parents loved him, but in a very superficial way. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, shallow, you know? All he really knew was bullying, which is what caused him to go looking for friends like that who were right. also bullies. Um, it was the 90s. I'm surprised people were bullying him for wearing baggy clothes. Um, <laughs> it's just because when you think about the sheer <laughs> size, the size of Dudley and Harry being skinny, like he's always described as skinny for his age, you know, like those clothes must have been like not 90s cool baggy, but like massive. Right. He was like, <laughs> like swimming in Dudley's clothes, you know? Uh-huh. Thanks, Amigo is definitely problematic, but also so iconic for me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I know I I know I commented this on um one of your TikToks. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention your TikTok you, uh, you on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that just means that you know people 
that just means that people are gonna go and find mine <laughs> so um yeah I commented I was like oh my gosh like the snake is the only Latino character in the book <laughs> and I know I know I know he was bred in captivity however because I feel like it kind of counts because if that breed of snake are traditionally from Brazil that snake's like genetics would right. make him it's, Latino you yeah. know Brazilians, Latino snake yeah. that is the name of this pod the, the epi- this episode Latino Oh my god. No one is going, people are going to like see our podcast name, say, okay, interesting, must be about Harry Potter. Then they're going to see the first episode title and be like, what? (laughs) Um, What? Okay, I don't know if you noticed this, but chapter two ended so awkwardly and so unsatisfying. (laughs) Did you notice that? It was really weird. I don't know if I did. And the chapters usually end so nicely, but it was just like, Harry gets bullied at school. And that's it. Okay, chapter three. <laughs> chapter three. Um, Mrs. Fig breaks her legs by tripping over one of her cats. And let me say, you know that wasn't Mr. Tibbles. Mr. Tibbles would never. And um, <laughs> um, the sticks that the kids would beat each other with is very disturbing. But also, I would love to beat some of the kids our age with giant I... sticks. I think that's so funny because um, I my elementary school had like I went to private school um, in. Are you about to say that they let you beat each other? No! Oh my gosh! Just let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Um, so our campus had like woods. You know, like I lived in a state where it was like very green, lots of trees, not at all like the freaking desert we live in now. But um, so you know, our campus had like woods you know like woods trees and all kinds of stuff and there was a kid in my grade who found like a like they were literally the woods so there were sticks all over the ground like huge trees logs and all kinds of stuff so there was this kid who had this stick that he would like carry around everywhere and like try and like hit people with and it just I always thought of him when I read the series because he wasn't allowed to per se but um I always just thought of that I don't know what it is with like young kids and hitting each other with sticks but um <laughs> I think the smelting stick was supposed to be, like, a cane, you know? Right. Like, people wore, like, to be fashionable, but instead turned into, like, like all those teenagers trapped in that school. Like, of course they were going well, to they're middle each schoolers. other with them. Yeah, you know? Like, they're middle... That's even worse, actually. They're middle schoolies. What? <laughs> this one just says, let me punt Dudley with no context, but I don't think it needs context either. So... Yeah, we, we're not fans of Dudley until he says... That Harry is not until the face. literally last book. Until the last book. Um, and then my last note, which is honestly okay. one of my favorites. Okay, <laughs> there is—is is there seriously just a random man who owns a house on the middle of a rock in the middle of the ocean and sits <laughs> in a boat waiting for people to ask to rent it? <laughs> and if there is, oh why are we focusing on Harry? He should be the main character. <laughs> you know, I never really thought about that. I think I—I I have no answer for that like I cannot even begin to wonder why Vernon happened to stumble upon a man with a hut in a rock on a rock in the middle of the sea like I just I have no idea you know I um, my part phone of me, and it literally bounced I <laughs> part of me thinks that because like you know the letters kept coming no matter where they were part of me thinks that they probably like 
stationed in there like because wizards could like literally make things like they could make that happen so i'm sure that dumbledore was like overseeing all of this madness and was like (laughs) okay if vernon met a dude with a gun and a boat to take them to a tiny hut on a rock in the middle of the sea he would he would do it oh yes you know he would do it so i feel like dumbledore was probably like what if i just did this did this and (laughs) let him let him take him there (laughs) right and you know like i part of me wants to say that it was probably dumbledore but at the same time i don't even know (laughs) (laughs) i am i do have i have a note for chapter oh my gosh right you said um, you had a note (laughs) so i just wrote you know like vernon is going absolutely ballistic to make sure that they keep harry away from magic at all costs and this honestly for me just showed the lengths at which they would go to keep this perfect family image intact like and they just they don't like him (laughs) they just they wouldn't get rid of him because obviously you know we find out later that petunia knew that she couldn't do that but vernon was like finding all kinds of ways to take them all kinds of weird places and like to just get them away from him but i also found that his idea and view of wizards is wildly inaccurate you know, like he thinks that they're these like crazy, like people that are gonna like right. come they're, and they, find he him. He basically and hurt makes him. them sound like they're just hipsters, which yeah. is <laughs> kind of funny. You know, like he he thinks that staying in a hotel or a rock on the sea will rid him of wizards, which again leads me to believe that he has no experience with them whatsoever because he barely knew James and Lily. And right. I think that uh, you know this means that it was Petunia feeding him lies about wizards. He didn't know. She had to know. She, I think, 100%. Petunia had to know that nothing they did would keep them from finding Harry and taking him to Hogwarts. She was delaying the inevitable because she did not want to face it. But Vernon was completely convinced that this would would do it, you know? This would get them away, (laughs) away from the wizards. So, you know, this is just... Petunia has fed him lies about how crazy wizards are and like what they're like and how, you know, whatever. And so he's just taken every, all the information that she's given him and blown it out of proportion (laughs) into this crazy, like trying to run away from wizards. And she, I think, you know, she had to know that they were just stalling and she didn't want to face it. And, you know, they also knew that if someone came and gave Harry that letter, he would find out that his parents did not, in fact, die in a car crash. You know, even if they didn't care about Harry, they are the kind of people who don't apologize after a fight because they're too embarrassed to say sorry, you know? Right. So, you know, when Harry finds out that they've been lying to him, not only about him being a wizard, like a wizard, they also lied about, like, Harry's parents. Like his own parents' death. His and own parents. He's like, they never even tell seen them before. He doesn't know what they yeah. look like. Exactly. And, you know, they've kept everything from him about his parents. Like, he wanted... All he knew was, like... I don't even... Did he even know their names? You know? Oh, I'm <laughs> like, sure they, he... I'm, they've got to yeah, know his name. He, he knew their names, but, like, they kept from him the only information about the, like, only two people that had ever really loved him. And so they knew that they would have to... They would have to fess up to it, right. you know? And he would be... Furious, and again, they are Vernon, especially, is terrified of wizards and therefore of Harry. So they're probably going this huge circle like, don't tell Harry his parents were wizards, don't tell Harry he's a wizard. Harry finds out and blows yeah. everything up. I, I had know? a like, note on this, I think it was for chapter two, but it was just that 
when when they Harry's going on about all the things that have like happened to him that are mysterious and that he got locked in his cupboard for uh-huh. like there's no way the Dursleys didn't know what was happening yeah. like but which makes they them even to... worse people because it's yeah, they exactly. know that this kid didn't mean to do any of this stuff and had no idea what was yeah. happening and they knew Especially that he Petunia. couldn't have have done anything without magic doing that so yeah especially petunia because she you know we see in the pensieve and that book she seven, saw you know, lily do magic she saw the early stages yeah. of lily's magic showing out of you know growing and, the and flower lily, in her hands and lily could control it at that point yeah um harry could too to an extent but because he wasn't you know he was shielded from magic he lily didn't, just didn't know, know it he existed. could easily like have like you know, fantastic beats. He could have became like an obscurus. He could have an obscurial. Is, I think. No, I I think was it. I think it was. Just, it might have been both. I think because it was I like the know. fancy name but, and then the normal name. Yeah, yeah. So they, it just that just makes them so awful because you know Petunia was there and you know Lily could like when she was on the swing and could let herself go and like literally fly and grow a flower <laughs> out of her hand. Like Petunia was there for the early stages of Lily's magic and, you know, obviously later understood what it was. And so she, she kept it from Harry and, you know, just abused him for things that like she understood, but he didn't. And so, <laughs> you know, their view of wizards is just so wildly inaccurate, it really which, is. you know, is, and yeah, like I said, like but, she had to know that nothing they did would keep them from finding him and taking him to Hogwarts. She was just delaying it because she was too afraid to, to you know, to fess up to how she lied and how she kept it from him. Right. Are we? Are we done? Wow. I think so. Wow. That's that's what the a milestone. End. What a milestone. That's the end of our first episode. That's the end well, of our thank- first episode. Hi. Well, thank you, everyone who is still listening. <laughs> to the people who for... weren't offended and left. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, again, my name is Adelia Volkanov. Uh, I'm so... Colin Bones. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. And we will have another episode for you in, like, a week, I think. Yep. So... Yeah, feel free to feel free to come back. <laughs> I literally if like y'all find this like just randomly on podcast apps, please contact us somehow. I don't we don't have yeah. any like social media or anything, but I just need to know how. Like where did you find this? <laughs> yeah, Colin will be advertising on his TikTok. I... Right. My wonderful famously TikTok. <laughs> I am not tiktok famous sadly however not as famous as me (laughs) (laughs) colin will be tagging me in that on tiktok so yeah um yeah so you can you can find us there and feel free to to message us and tell us what you maybe want to hear from us yeah also what you enjoyed also if i told you my name is colin on tiktok and you're just now finding out it was a lie i'm so sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you talking about? A lie? <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, that's my name. Yep, my mom named me that. I'm, I'm like insulting the Collins out there. Like, oh my gosh, what a horrible name. <laughs> <laughs>